Hey everybody, Alan Arnett here with another podcast on the blog on alanarnett.com. It is Tuesday, March 21st, 2023, just a couple of weeks away from the Mount Everest season taking off. And I am just very excited to have two guests here today, Scott Lehman and Shana Unger, along with their interpreter, Erica Murray. And Scott and Shana are in their objective is to become the first American deaf couple to summit Mount Everest. Hey, welcome, guys, everybody. Shana's saying hi. Yes, thank you for having us. So excited to be here. So those of you that are watching this on uh, video will obviously see uh, Erica signing for Scott and Shana. And those of you listening on a podcast just on audio, Obviously, there's going to be a little bit of a delay, so this will be a little different format than what we've done in the past. So I'm just excited, though, to, to get into this and talk to everybody about climbing Mount Everest. So let's start off with, um, so I guess you, on your website, you, you, do, you say something very interesting, that you were born profoundly deaf. What do you mean by profoundly Yeah, um, this is Scott. I can explain what that means. So uh, we both were born fully deaf, meaning we didn't have any ability to hear at all because it, there is a spectrum of deafness. So like, for example, when I'm playing a basketball game and I'm dribbling the ball and the referee blows the whistle, they might blow it a few times and I'm still dribbling because I can't hear the sound of the whistle. Um, so that's like our, that's our level of deaf, deafness. We can't, we can't hear that at all. So we are both born, born like that. And, and Shane is saying, yeah, we both come from deaf families as well. So I ha have a deaf family and Scott is a third generation in his family. So it is a genetic trait. So Shane is saying, and my whole family uses American sign language to communicate and the same thing with Scott's family. So, uh, honestly pretty much our whole life you know our whole world has been uh in in sign language and has been deaf and erica how did you get into asl uh yeah my my parents are deaf i come from a deaf family also actually okay cool and shane is saying yeah we call her what's called a coda c-o-d-a so child of a deaf adult well, i've never heard that acronym coda okay interesting interesting so yeah, yeah. So, go ahead oh no she was just saying so yeah she's a coda and we're deaf okay okay gotcha so you know i think people people focus on the limitations but i think there's also the opposite of that which is the opportunities so give us an example of, of how uh, being deaf has been a blessing in your life. Yeah, uh, Shana saying that's a good question. Um, I would say that there, there's many blessings in our life. Like many people don't realize that, you know, we came from a deaf family, we went to a deaf school, we have our own community where everyone signs. Our teachers sign, uh, you know, our principals at the school sign. We also have a deaf university in Washington, D.C. So there's access to language, um, 
you know, within our community, we have our own traditions, history, culture, you know, and it's, it, it is a small community, but it, it's also big at the same time, small as in, you know, it, a bit, it's tight knit. So um, it's, we do have that, you know, nice community feeling. Right. The so you also are both have some pretty impressive climbing resumes, you know, these days, and you were both very kind acknowledging uh, my blog for, you know, forever. And that um, there's been a lot of people that have, have gone to Everest for, for different reasons. This kind of seems to be the age of selfies and, you know, and trying to kind of show off and do things like that. And a lot of people go without the proper experience. You two are, the exception. You both have climbed Kilimanjaro, Aconcagua, Denali, and other mountains. So, Scott, I know that you kind of started this whole thing with a climb on Rainier. Tell us what was the draw to get you into mountaineering? And then, Shana, maybe you can talk about what your draw was to join Scott on this magnificent sport that we all love so much. Scott saying, yeah, our climbing journey has definitely been long, uh, about 11 years now uh, to get to this point and to be sitting with you, you know, this is really great. I've been following you for the last maybe nine years. So, so this is really, really an awesome experience. Um, but it really started as, you know, it was very self-taught. Mm. Um our family doesn't have any experience, you know, on the mountains or anything like that. And in our community, there's not many deaf people who have, who have uh, climbed mountains. So it started with me and my other two friends. Uh, and it was right after college, my two close friends. And we just wanted to explore America. We wanted to go out West and we got into an old Toyota Corolla. Um, and we drove all the way out to the West coast from, from DC and we had about 200,000 miles on that car and, and we saw, you know, we drove through the West and we went through the mountains and we saw Colorado, the 14, 14ers and it just blew our mind, you know, just how beautiful it was. Um, we felt right at home. So that's where, you know, we decided to do uh, just small walk-ups. We started very small and then we built, you know, built it from there. And then the largest one was Mount Rainier. Uh, and we were so determined to do Mount Rainier, but our experience and capabilities were not uh, up to par at that <laughs> time. So, and that was about 11 years ago in 2012. Uh, and then uh, the next year after that, we decided, you know, we're going to go on YouTube and, and, and read all the books that we can just to soak up as much knowledge. And then we went back to Mount Rainier in 2013, the year often, and I mean, the year after we made it to the top. Yeah. And then sh shortly after uh, Shana Sang, I joined. Um, and Shana Sang, I went actually to Africa. It was like an overlay trip. But I met him there and I, I just graduated college. He's a little bit older than me. So we traveled up to uh, Tanzania and he said, oh, like, let's do Kili. And I was like, no, I, I, I don't think that I'm capable. I like to hike and, and, and do that, but I don't think that's for me. And he's like, no, he was so encouraging. No, no, you can do it. And, and I did. And I realized, wow, you know, I really enjoyed 
the challenge, just being in the moment, being out there in nature. And I just fell in love ever since. And Scott saying, uh, we both often talk about, you know, you know, that, that saying like why you climb. And for us, it's really important. Just our, your intentions and your heart have to be in the right place. Yep. It's not just about, you know, conquering the mountain, getting to the top, checking, you know, off a box, like, but it's about connecting with nature, being there, being present, the whole experience from start to finish. Um, that's what's really important to us. I totally agree. It's all about the experience. And often people focus on the summit, but it's really having that positive experience. And I think coming back a better version of yourself as a result of going through that suffering that we all have on the mountains. So talking about your project, tell us a little bit more about seeing possible. So seeing possible is kind of what you're using around. Um, is it just Everest or is it all of your various adventures? Because I know, Scott, you've done the high points and, and Shanna, you talk about um, camping with your family growing up. So is seeing possible, is that about Everest or is that the a, a bigger picture? Yeah, and Shana can start. Oh, yeah, she's saying it's called see be seeing beyond. Seeing the beyond. Seven. I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. But yeah, seeing beyond the seven summits, um, and that's you know, like we discussed, it's about more than just the seven summits. Of course, you know, because no deaf person has ever, you know, touched the seven summits before. They've never done that. So that's one part of it, of course. But the bigger picture of it is to connect back with our community. So like Scott mentioned, you know, he got into climbing, but he didn't have any access before that. He didn't have anyone's footsteps to follow in the deaf community. And another big part of, of that is the cost of it. Yeah. Now, for the deaf community, it, it's really tough. And we're also expected to pay our own for our own interpreters. And that's another added fee that other people don't don't have to pay. So you know, we want to change that. We want to bring information and education, not only, you know, we do want to bring it to the deaf community through sign, through through our own language. And Scott saying, you know, and through this project, we also want to change this on a global perspective. So not only the deaf community, but, but the rest of the world also to be involved, to be outdoors, and make it accessible for everyone. And Shana's saying, yeah, often we feel like people will look at, at us or as deaf people as a liability. Mm. We see a guy be like, oh, oh, you can't hear me? And th there's this further risk and they say, no, sorry, we don't wanna take you or we don't wanna guide you. And so we're not fully welcomed into, into the mountain climbing world. So. There are some adjustments that need to be made. And, and of course, we have some communication tools that we use and um, just to have everyone be outside. And Erica, you're going with them. Is that correct? No, no, I'm not going. But is there, <laughs> but there is an, inter there's an interpreter going? Okay. Okay. They're shaking their heads. No. Okay. Yeah. And shake. Well, Shana's saying often we don't climb with with our interpreter um, or with an interpreter. 
we have other communication methods that we use, like maybe if there's a paper and pen, we'll use you know that way. Some low tech to high tech with our phones, typing back and forth. We might teach some basic signs also, um, just to to have basic communication. Yeah, I was going to ask this very question and kind of go down this topic of what are going to be the unique challenges on Everest? You know, obviously you've done, you've been to 7,000 meters on Aconcagua, you've experienced the cold and the harsh weather on Denali, but Everest is altitude. You know, it, the climbing on Denali, honestly, can be a little more technical than on Everest, but it's the altitude. So what, as, as deaf climbers, what challenges are you expecting, anticipating? And you mentioned you have tools. Share with us a little more about what type of tools that you have. Scott saying, yeah, we actually, we talk a lot about that. Um, different communication barriers that, you know, just gen the general population uses spoken language and we use sign language. So there is a huge communication gap there. Uh, and on Everest, it's cold. We have thick gloves on, uh, we're signing. And so to to connect with someone can be can be difficult if they don't know sign also, um, or if we can't hear them. So we've talked about how we're going to communicate and what we've planned out. So pretty much, um, you know, like I said, we we have like a phone or device that's able to uh, ah. do speech recognition and type out words, and then we can type. Very but, cool. but for instance, if we have our gloves on, we won't be able to to you won't be able to sign or text to text like you know if they're just you know we have our big gloves on and it's a touch screen so um now that means that we have to develop basic means of communication signals and things like that uh so we would do that with our sherpas so like for example stop this for go uh, more oxygen or that something's dangerous uh, we'll do about, yeah, exactly. Like the hands around the throat, like I can't breathe. Yeah. Or maybe I'd say up with our thumbs up or down with a thumb down or our hands, our arms crossed uh, against our body to say like, no, or stop. Um, you know, and that would be something that we would establish with our Sherpas to be able to communicate. And Shane is saying, yeah, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, when we go into another country because we do a lot of traveling we're always going into a country that speaks a different language uh anyway so we usually use google translate mm -hmm. uh so we'll be able to you know communicate in their language and gesturing really goes a long way actually people from other countries are usually very good about gesturing so no. um and you know and yeah so you, you know about that so often our experience in the beginning well, actually, in the beginning, it was a little bit awkward. Um, but after a while, you know, people are like, oh, this isn't that bad. Because you learn how to communicate. You learn how to adjust, how to get someone's eye contact and be able to, uh, you know, say what you need to say. So, and Scott's saying, yeah. So the bottom line is it really is all mindset based. If you have a positive, good mindset, you're willing uh, to make it work, then it will. Yeah, you can overcome any challenge with a with the right attitude. 
you know, it's interesting you talk about the sign, the, you know, just the basic signs, uh, you know, up and down. When I was coming down the Hillary step in 2011, um, my oxygen mask froze. And so I was coming down all of a sudden, I, I literally couldn't breathe. I mean, <laughs> it stopped. And I looked down at Kami Sherpa, my guardian angel in the mountains, and I looked at Kami and I just pointed to my mask and he instantly understood. I got down to the bottom of the Hillary step and he took his fist and he just bang, 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 hit the mask until it unfroze. It didn't do too much for my face, but I could breathe again. So it was all good. <laughs> so what company are you going to be going with? Wow. Wow. Actually, really quickly. Jen is saying, actually, I hear so many stories about uh, people using signals or gesturing, like, for example, like for on the rope. Yeah. We usually, if we're doing a climb, we'll do two or three tugs to get the other person's attention. And we have specific tugs for specific things. And then someone was telling me, and they were a hearing group and hearing climbers, if they're really far, it's windy, you know, the weather's bad, they do the same thing. So there's some universal... Uh, things that we use that are not much different. Yeah, it, it's fascinating the the common denominator, the intersection uh, that that's in that we're experiencing here. Hey, what company are you going with? Yeah, so uh, Scott saying we chose um, Seven Summits Trek. Wow. They're a Nepalese-based company. Okay. Yeah. yeah, very good. And well, Shane is saying we've been in touch with them. Uh, just you know, talking about what our you know communications going to look like, and and then when we meet them in person, of course, we'll go into more details uh, and set up more definitive communication. Yeah, Dawa them. and Tashi, um, they do a really good job of customizing climbs. Uh, for special uh, cir circumstances. So I think you're in really good hands and, you know, you'll you'll have a great experience. Hey, let's have a little quick, uh, what I call a lightning round. Um, I'm going to ask a question and then each of you can give an answer. Uh, lightning implying is going to be very brief, and very short. And so we're going to go right through this. Sound good? Perfect. Sounds good. Okay, so these questions are not necessarily about Everest, but about all of your climbing experience. So what was the worst weather that you experienced on a climb? Uh, Scott saying Denali, hands down. <laughs> no, no surprise there. What was the most fulfilling moment that oh, you ever second. had in nature? Are they frozen on your screen? Yeah, they are. Gross. We can cut. We can cut this out. Okay. Okay, they're oh. back. Okay, good. Okay. Second okay. question was, what's the most? He he said it literally said, he said it was the coldest, and the whole entire screen froze. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're back on. Okay. So you said the worst weather yeah, conditions. And then, what's the most fulfilling moment that you ever had in a climb? Shane is saying the golden hour. And tell us what that is. The golden hour, that's that moment when 
the sun's going down, everything's quiet, it's still, and there's all the colors of the sunset on the mountains, just the most beautiful moment of the whole climb. Sometimes it's like a really hard climb and you're struggling and then you see that and you're like, wow, you know, and you just take a deep breath. I know I said this was supposed to be a lightning round, but one of my most, one of my favorite pictures is from Camp 3 on the Lhotse face in that golden moment when the sun is going down and you can see Choyo Yu. And it's just like you described, Shauna, just absolutely breathtaking. Okay, next question is, uh, what's the most important thing that you ever left at home that you forgot and left at home? disgusting yeah one of my most uh oh the most important thing that i left was my sunglasses oh no <laughs> not good <laughs> yeah and that was on uh bora peak in idaho i left my sunglasses and then i i got snow blindness oh blindness from that yeah, not good yeah. not good not good yeah not good at all so for for each of you, what's one word that describes what your families feel about you going to Mount Everest? <laughs> They're both laughing. Yeah. Um, this is Shana. Um, super supportive. Yeah. N no concerns? No concerns. Or the usual parent concerns. Yeah, they're more of um, more caring, Scott's saying, and Shana's saying, uh, yeah, of course they're worried. You know, we always have a little bit of worry inside, but more supportive than worried. Or they don't tell us how much they're worried, <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, the good news is you'll have a you'll have an internet connection at Basecamp through Everest Link uh, or through the cell phones that you can uh, text back and forth with them. Uh, so Shana, um, What's uh what's one what's one um of Scott's personality traits that will sustain you on Everest? His patience, Shana's saying. His patience is he's probably the most patient person I know in the world. So his patience will definitely help me through. And Scott. How about for Shayna? What's a personality trait that she has that's going to sustain you? Scott's saying her big heart. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she, well, she'll do anything. You know, she does everything. All the little things she's got to take care of. Okay, so I, I have to do the opposite of this. So, Shayna, what's something Scott does that annoys you? <laughs> um Shane is saying yeah so he's six two I'm five two I'm very tiny petite person yes and he's a very large person so in the tent he takes up all the space <laughs> but I do I like space as well even though I might be tiny I do like having space but he takes up most of it so <laughs> okay all right all right tent hog so it's your your chance to get back. So what's something that uh, Shana does that you think will annoy you on Everest? 
Hmm. Oh, he's he's diplomatic. He's yeah. struggling for an answer. I can't struggling for an answer. Yeah, I am struggling for an answer, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of one right now. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so you've already talked a little bit about your why that uh, and on your website, which I'll put the URL up for people to go to, by the way, excellent, excellent website, just incredibly informative. Um, what um, talk a little bit more about what you want to accomplish with this with this summit of Mount Everest. I mean, what, what, how do you really want to impact people? I know you do a lot of work in schools and you've got some great photos and videos of kids, you know, in down suits and packs. Um, and you're both in growth educators. Uh, so talk a little bit about the bigger picture of what you want to accomplish. Hmm. This is Shana. You know, like like we mentioned before, it is this really does come down to our big picture. Um, you know, we, you know, if anyone wants to get involved in something active or get involved in something in general, it's easier if you see someone that's like you doing it. Uh. And in the deaf community, we don't have that representation. And that really matters. So we do want to to show deaf children, our deaf community, that it is possible and, and that we've done it. And if they want to, they can, because right now they don't have that. And there used to not even be any deaf teachers before, any deaf educators. And we didn't have representation there. So once we saw that there were deaf educators, we became deaf educators. So now with the outdoors and applying that same principle, you know, to bring our deaf community outside and to show them, yes, you too are capable of doing this. So that's, that's our big picture. We really want them to see themselves in that space. And Scott is adding. Yeah. And we really hope to, you know, after Everest, we want to bring the youth, the kids outside. And, you know, it might even be starting small, you know, doing a hike around a lake or to a waterfall or learning how to ski. Um, and then, you know, moving up, learning how to rock climb, giving them opportunities that they might not have had before. And then once they have those tools, though, there's experiences, they can decide what they want. Then they're able to have a choice. So it's really opening up opportunities and uh, and giving them a role model that they can, you know, that they can uh, use to aspire to do what other people have done. So that's what really uh, seeing uh, beyond is all about. So um, I know we can follow you on, you're very active on social media, on Instagram uh, and other platforms. So uh, will you be posting a lot during the climb so we can follow you? Yeah, definitely. And Scott's saying, uh, yeah, we have a lot of things planned. We're going to have someone working actually at home. Uh, we're here in the U.S. to be able to get all of our video content and you know, manage our social media. So, the you know, you'll be able to follow our journey from start to finish. And we're flying to Nepal on April 4th. Okay. Oh. 
and then starting the expedition on the 9th. So it's coming up. Uh, we do have, you know, we will have full coverage and, and we'll keep everyone updated. And Shane is saying, yeah, and we're also going to be doing something fun on Everest as well. Right now we're, we're collecting different Q&A videos from deaf children that can ask us, you know, if they want to take a video and send it in, just different things they're curious about. Um, so we're going to take those and answer, and, and that should be something fun that we're doing. And sh and Scott saying, yeah, one of the kids already asked us, hey, can you uh, can you fly above Everest? Is that possible? <laughs> you know, so there's all kinds of questions they want to ask. It's fun. Normally, the question is, how do you go to the bathroom? Gosh. <laughs> Yeah, that's like, that's the number one question. <laughs> number for one Denali, Shane is saying, yeah, for Denali, they, <laughs> you know, then they loved the answer. Whenever we tell them when we do our, you know, our school trips, they freak out over the green bucket. So <laughs> normally my answer normally is quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, on and off. Get, yeah, get... On and off. Right, right, right. <laughs> Well, I know you're having a uh, a little gala and fundraiser this weekend in Washington D.C. You said it's, it's at a pizza pizza joint. Yep, Shane is saying yeah. It's a uh, it's going to be a send off party. Um, you know, everyone can come and and you know interact with us, and we're going to bring an you know eight thousand meter suit for everyone to be able to see what we're climbing with is going to be a fun social event, you know, for the deaf community and, and hearing as well, everyone's invited. So for yeah. the DC Metro area. I love it. Inclusive to the end. Appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for your time, Erica, and for your generosity and, and skill and, and obvious affection and love for the community. Uh, we just wish you all the best. It's, uh, you know, going and climbing Mount Everest, uh, a lot of people today think it's, you know, it's a common occurrence, but if you think about it, around 5,000 people have actually summited Mount Everest, and you think about how many billions of people are on the on the world, it's still a pretty special experience. So I wish that you have fantastic weather. Um, I know that you're going to be safe with Seven Summits treks, and, and uh, they're probably going to give you some of the best Sherpas that they have, uh, and just just enjoy the experience and and let it change you. Let it let it come back home a better version of yourself through going through this process. I'll be following you closely and reporting on you, and uh, hopefully, you'll be able to post a, a maybe a video of you two telling the world that you made it to the top of the world. Thank you, thank you so much, Shana said. Thing. We really look forward to this expedition. We're excited to just be out there and, uh, you know, just be immersed in the whole thing. We're so excited. And Scott's adding, yeah, it's going to be our first time even going to the Himalayas as well. So we've heard about it our whole life and, and just we want to savor every moment of it. Best of luck to you both. And thanks again, Erica, so much. You got it. Thank you.